This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is Smugglers Three. Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. How's it going? All right, pretty good. I'm still coming down off the high. I was watching non-Star Wars. I got a chance to sit down and actually finish off Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah, I I gotta get back to it. Yeah, I'm it was really good. Now. Really good. I was Jones. So, um, from the get start, check out the homepage. I know I'm behind getting shows there, even though the feed is caught up. <laughs> Hoping to work on that either Monday or Tuesday. My new day's off. Um, but on the right hand side, it's our affiliates. Check them out. Support them. Supports us. Check out our partners at Heroes and Villains. Use the code SMUGGLERS for 15% off your first purchase. If you haven't made a purchase yet already. Uh, also, to check out our web store. Um, some Mandalorian baseball and hockey jerseys are coming soon. I uh, just made a minor tweak to those. And we have a Mandalorian Weeby Geeks football and hockey jersey coming as well. Ooh. Um, also, to the Black Series hats are coming as well. And it will say Wookiee Radio in the dark gray threading on the back of the hat. So I got that all worked out. So all that's coming soon. Um, links are coming for um, for Twitter and Facebook shortly as well. That will take you directly there. And uh, I'm not sure when it's starting, but soon a Valentine's Day sale where uh, you order, get 14% off. Nice. So 
just a little something for Valentine's Day, even if you're just treating yourself. So, all right, all right. I'm put out there for smugglers' transmissions. Got nothing. We want you guys to participate. So, like I said, every Wednesday, I put the calls out there. Hit us up, please. Give yeah, us this topics. Week, Give less, us questions. This week, we got less responses than the Resistance did at the end of the um, Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, we, we're sitting at the Emperor's base going, they're not coming. We know you guys are there. We know you guys are coming because we, we know y'all are listening to the show. Show us you're there. We we want you. We want the participation. Um, so because of that, let's go right into the show. Um, kind of breaking news. Yeah. Um, a lot of this is just um, little news tidbits this week. We, there's not. There was one big story I saw that I kind of let go because it's way rumor that um, I guess uh, Colin Trevorrow's script of it supposedly leaked, and there's a bunch of stuff that, about what that was, but it's not confirmed if that's actually what it was or not. Right. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh. Well, but, I, I want to say kind of the breaking news we had. Um, Build a Bear announced they are making a baby Yoda. No, oh, yeah. yeah I saw that. Is that not going to be the uh, like one of the hottest things out there? Oh yeah. Well, if Build a Bear can do that this rapidly after Mandalorian got started, why don't we have a stuffed Bebo yet? <laughs> so that reminds me, uh, my wife went out of town this week. Um, she flew out to California. And she downloaded The Mandalorian so she could finally watch it because she didn't watch it with me for whatever reason. But anyway, <laughs> so she she said she now she finally gets the whole Baby Yoda thing <laughs> and she loves him just as much as we do. Well, that shows you, though, because we were saying that they kept it a secret because it could have went way wrong if people heard about Baby Yoda first. Yeah. Yeah. She heard about Baby Yoda first, then watched it and loved it. I mean, the difference being that everybody else had context when they first saw him. Mm. So she already heard that everybody loved him to start with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they had leaked him first, do you think we would have had potentially a, a Jar Jar Binks type scenario? Oh, or worse. Mm. Or worse. People are like, wait a minute, why do we need Yoda? Yoda's dead. All oh, that's the, the, um, the people who truly love Star Wars would have went with bananas. Yeah. Well, um, be held alone, all that stuff. Mm. We are going to uh, discuss real quick uh, to start off. Um, first two are the latest two episodes of Resistance since it was a back to back episode. Oh, yeah. Ah, so uh, for the episode No Place Safe, um, I've got the buckets list from and it's six fun facts. Uh, number one, keeping Greville on the level. Uh, Greville's original first line to the Aeonosian Queen was a very unprotocol question. If you're a fish, do you eat fish? In the finished episode, he short shows a more proper royal respect. <laughs> uh, number two. Return the Lucky Trophy, uh, the crushed pod racing trophy that Kaz gives Nico um, first appeared way back in the Triple Dark, uh, which was the second episode. Um, number three, be sure to check out Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, Kaz. Kaz mentions a rendezvous point near Batu, which is the planetary location of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Too bad he never made it. The blue milk is delicious. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. And I am so glad he didn't make it because that means they're keeping true to their word of Batu is not going to appear on screen. Right. 
It can appear in books, but it won't appear on screen. And my only thing is, if they do put Batu on screen, which we all know Black Spire Outpost is the most popular place to go on Batu. If they do Batu on screen, it needs to be someplace new. Because on Tatooine, yeah, you had Moss Eisley, but there was also Mon Espa as well. They would have there's smaller ones also, like you have Anchorhead and you have some of the other yeah. ones. So if you plenty of cities all over it. If you do Batu, it needs to be another location on Batu, which I'm sure there is. But I'm also pretty sure the primary prime primary place is um is uh whatchamacallit? Black Spire Outpost. So or at least that's the only location we know at the moment. So um Back on track. Wrong. Uh, number four. Stay on. The Arabish in the probe droids view reads target. Ironic, considering it ended up receiving the end of its homing missiles. <laughs> or ended up on the receiving end of its homing missiles. Uh, number five. Behold the bomber. We see the First Order TIE bomber make its on-screen debut. Oh, and, yeah. Was- um, I don't know how I feel about this. Cannons coming off the wings, which I'm okay with because it's reminiscent of the TIE Interceptor. But they but they go, the folds go away from the center. It's almost like the wings are installed backwards. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm just so used to it being the other way. So. Well, the first order is all new, all different. All new, all different, all Kylo time. Sorry. <laughs> um, so. It was designed specifically for this episode, says art director Amy Beth Christensen. And she also notes that the ship takes visual cues, such as the double pods from the original TIE bomber. Uh, Mm. It differs, however, in the configuration. Uh, The original TIE bomber had wings similar to the TIE advanced, but the interceptor inspired wings of the first order TIE bomber bomber, um, would give it a more aggressive feel. Hmm. Um, but having, like I said, having the, uh, interceptor inspired wings is cool, but it's like they put them on backwards. Uh, the wing (laughs) angles are also reversed. Both of these changes help the bomber have a more unique silhouette from the front and the top to distinguish it from other tie ships, which is fine. Uh, and then the final one is, uh, it's a bonus fact that, Though the First Order TIE Bomber was designed for this episode, and the ship makes its on-screen debut here, it first appeared in Marvel's Star Wars Allegiance number one. Okay, now i got to go back and, and look. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I hate when, when it comes to Easter eggs like that. Because mm. um, then I would have complained about the look of it sooner instead of the episode. <laughs> um, number six, no talking. A significant change from an earlier iteration of this episode was that Kaz and Tam would have communicated via comlink, thus confirming each other's identity in the in the end battle. This was scaled back in the finished episode, with each presuming the other's identity. So, because hmm. uh, during this final battle, um, Kaz is using Yeager's personal ship. Personal fighter. Right. Yep. Now, with uh, the next episode, which is called The New World, or do I have this backwards? I have it backwards. Yeah, backwards. The New World was the first set of the two episodes. Um, <laughs> Pirate Problems. Wait. wait. There, the episode originally was going to start with Kaz thinking 
of the recent pirate mutiny and the, sh- and the shutter of the Colossus reentry had him jump to the conclusion that the pirates had returned to attack once more. Thankfully, it seems Kragen has learned his lesson for now. Downtown. Um, for number, now. <laughs> number two, a holographic classic. A decrepit holographic display table that Kaz finds in the old abandoned rebel base is the same design as the one Leia and Doadana used to monitor the Battle of Yavin in Star Wars. If it ain't broke, as much. if it ain't broke, even in a galaxy far, far away, don't fix it. Mm. So yeah, I loved it. I loved how the room was a was a nod to to back then. Yeah, uh, especially since they said it was an old rebel. You know, later, they said there was an old rebellion cell that was there. Mm. Uh, number three, an ace of a few words. One of Griff's earlier lines to Kaz, cut from the episode, says a lot about a guy who doesn't say a lot. Here's a tip, kid. Talk less. R5's mm. been with me for years, and we've barely spoken. It's the best relationship I ever had. Fitting then <laughs> that this, but it's fitting that this line was removed. Um, number four, it started with soul. The fish-like Aranotians are a nod to the Star Wars alien species from the planet Maramir and carry a personal significance to for the series art director Amy Beth Christensen. Uh, soul Sixa from the games. Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Starfighter was the first new alien species that I created for the Star Wars galaxy. So it was fun to come full circle and use Mira as the visual jumping off point for the Aeon Notions. Hmm. Very cool. Very. Um, number five, the art of armor and weaponry. The Aeon Notions needed to look like they had technology, but at one point, the natural world around them, says Christensen, Aeon Ocean armor and most of the shapes of the species' technology were based off not natural elements like crustacean armor and complex seashell shapes. To further illustrate Aeon Ocean balance of technology and nature, the team added veins of gold running through the sea rock in the Aeon Ocean tunnels, which visually tie into the gold metal of the aliens' armor and weapons. Hmm. To me, this race was almost like um the star wars version of the navi from avatar yeah i kind of got that impression too <laughs> uh number six the crack crack snacks crack are wing fish that the alien oceans ride sort of like the uh the banshees <laughs> Uh, when the queen orders Kaz and Griff to be fed to the Krakovore rather than invoking one giant beast to be fed, uh, she's saying that they will be turned into fodder for the riding beast. Still isn't good. Uh, from princess to queen, voicing the Aeonosian queen is actor Lucy Lawless, making her uh, first four-way into the Star Wars galaxy. Hmm. So Nice. Um, speaking of which... I have a commitment, but I don't have, uh, trying to, uh, shoot. Um, we will be getting Ellen Dubin on the show. Ellen Dubin. She, she is the voice of, uh, she did a voice in the, the one Star Wars game. Um, oh shoot. I can't think of the name of the game. It's one that didn't last long. I don't even think it was up a full year. Her name? Ellen Dubin. But she's also the voice of Phasma in, uh, in Resistance. Cool. So. 
Very cool. And of course, Derek, you know her from when we've had her on Weeby Geeks. We did? Uh, yes. I forgot what we were talking about at the time. But I know you. I know she was on the show with you and Brett. Ah, no wonder I don't remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yes, it was. Because mm-hmm. um, she does Skyrim, or was a voice on Skyrim, in the Skyrim mm. series. Uh, she's also the Tupperware mom in Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. And she was one- also uh, Star Wars All-Stars series. She played Phasma there also. Yeah. She was also the character Jigarita in, um, in Lex. Uh, Looks like she's the go-to voice for Phasma and just about anything that they have her in, have him in. Yeah, she she's also on um, Lego games. Yeah. Yes, uh, Star Wars Uprising is that the game you were talking about? Yes, Uprising. That was a great game too. I don't remember ever. I don't remember even hearing about this one. Was it a mobile game? It was. <laughs> it did not last long. That's why I haven't heard about it. Yeah, I never played that one. It did not last long. Uh, let me find out the history real quick. She has a whole paragraph of of characters in Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. She's a great person. Great person. Um, so it was released September 9th. 20, uh, Uprising was released September 9th, 2015, and shut down November 17th, 2016. The game is considered canon and takes place shortly after the events of Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Oh, she was in Mutant X for one episode. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, she is... She's a great voice actress. Uh, she's a great actress up front to begin with. Well, excellent. That will be something to look forward to. So, um, yeah, can't wait. Uh, we're, we're slowly working on details. I want to bring her. Wow, up. back in the nine, throughout the nineties, she was in just about every syndicated um, action TV show out there. Yes, the action <laughs> sci-fi. Every one of the syndicated ones, she was on. She was also on a show called Bone Doc, which is a great show. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's Resistance. Um, I don't know about you guys. That's kind of make me a little hungry. Yeah, I could, I could go for something like some fries or something. Yeah. So let's let's all take our ships. And just hit the hyperspace lanes and go over to Disneyland. And I do believe they have them here in Florida as well. Um, Star Wars Galaxy Edge unveils massive Millennium Falcon fries. And this thing's huge, container-wise. How much fries you get in it and what type of fries, whether it's the steak fries or or McDonald's type fries, I don't know. (laughs) But this thing's 25 bucks. It's not that wide. So it literally is a fry container, and it looks like, I'm guessing, it's, they all get to it by opening up the area where the gun turret is. Yeah, I'm trying to find some um, a decent image of it, because the picture they have from Disney Parks blog isn't all that great. Yeah. Okay, I see it with it open, but I don't see any pictures of it actually. Hang on. Let me see. Copy image. I'm going to drop this in the in the Skype chat. But, okay, is it me, or if, or if I see it wrong, in... Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I thought. Exactly what I thought. Huh. Yeah, basically the fries go in the place where um, all the like star the um, Millennium Falcon toys always had the yeah in the back thing. in the back hatch area. You really can't get scale on any of these pictures of it though. You know. Plus, does this mean fries only sit there, or does it, or is there a a ledge underneath that keeps the fries from going all the way down? Because there's no way you're getting if the fries go into the forks, you're not getting out. Like, no. Yeah. No. 
You flip it upside down, they'll fall out. Good luck cleaning it, though. Oh, okay. I see what they do with the fries. Basically, they just take a boat of fries and drop it. This is not worth 25 bucks. I'm sorry. Here's another one that's a little bit better for helping scale. All, all they've done is this looks like they have taken a boat. When you get it, it just comes with a boat of fries that sit inside of it. Yeah, but it's got LED lights for the engines. And it's a replica of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but that's I'm, right. I'm not paying 25 bucks. You could take it with you when you ride the Millennium Falcon ride. I yeah. That. <laughs> and it's from Disney. I know. I work there. <laughs> ah, you're jaded. <laughs> I am partially. <laughs> Because they have a mouse droid popcorn bucket they sell at Batu, and I'm not paying 25 bucks for it either. But that sounds so cool. It, it looks cool, but stuff. all it does is holds a bag of popcorn in it. You don't. It doesn't. The whole thing's not filled with popcorn. So mm-hmm. one, I feel jaded, or I feel a little gypped out of popcorn. Yeah, but does it drive around on its own? No. Oh, but they do sell that one. <laughs> that one is made and sold, and, and shoots Nerf darts. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but why would mouse droids shoot darts? Because it's something for Disney to monetize. Yeah. Hey, my I have a buddy who actually has the um the remote control ad that has the Nerf Dart shooter on it. Oh, the the eight, cool. the the Ad Act. Yeah, the one from Rogue One. That yeah. was way awesome. overpriced. Like, there's, a little, there's a little door that drops open to shoot the darts, then it closes back up again. <laughs> Yeah, that was like way overpriced for it too. It is awesome though. It was, it's fantastic for a friend to have. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was originally what three hundred bucks. No, well he got it yeah. for like a hundred. Within yeah. within a couple of months, it was down to a hundred bucks. Yeah, but originally when it came out, and it sat for a while. It was yeah three hundred bucks. That's why it sat for a while. Yes, it is. So, um, so yeah, and if the bucket wasn't enough. R2-D2 is now roaming around. In California, he's roaming around Galaxy's Edge. In Florida, he's roaming around over around Launch Bay. Um, That will probably change in California on the 17th, which is Friday at the time of recording, when their Galaxy's Edge opens, or their Rise of Resistance opens. So, um, also, too, if you're looking to drop a... Drop a staggering bit of cash. You can purchase a full-size replica for $25,000. Also, over in purchases that are a bit more affordable are some of the new lightsabers that are available, um, which which also includes Ben Solo's lightsaber and a different version of Luke's. And these are in Doc Ondar's uh, Den of Antiquities. So... um, Apparently, Ben Solo's saber almost looks exactly like his uh, cross guard, except the emitter area is has been changed to be is all one single piece before he breaks it down and and goes uh, cross guard with it. Waiting for the pictures to come up. Um, then. Uh, you know what? I have the Visual Dictionary. That's the first lightsaber they show with um, for Kylo Ren. But later on, you see the black one. So this must be the this was uh, yeah this was Ben's before he fell yeah. to Kylo. Yeah, most if definitely. You, if you yeah, let me then, bring uh, they show a picture. Uh, this person shows a picture of Luke's saber as well, or the the tri person saber. Anakin's then Luke's then. And raise, and this is where you can see the uh, the modification and put it back together. Yeah, um, and actually, in the dictionary there, it says that 
when she put it back together, she used ancient um, Jedi techniques to actually heal the hyper kyber crystal that was in there originally. That is yeah. the first original kyber crystal, supposedly, in the movie. The one that got shattered or whatever. Right. Um, it was something she found in those books. And then, uh, so yeah, well, what I'm waiting for, for them to get in, is Ray Saber from the end. That may take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, true. They'll get, we'll get Baby Yoda merch first. <laughs> it's it's been slowly popping out. Um, so continuing on, Jar Jar Binks is rumored to be in the Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. Me so liking this story. That seems unnecessary. <laughs> uh, the future well, is from making Star Wars. So, um, there are rumors that the upcoming uh, series, or that the upcoming future of Star Wars movies, are going to be held in the past. During the era of the High Republic, um, which okay, I understand Disney has Disney slash Lucasfilm combined have renamed the periods, and they and they took cue. I guess this is where the cue Marvel took their cue from with the with the miniseries that came out last year. But now you've got Age of the Republic, Age of the Rebellion, Age of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. It's all the AORs. Mm-hmm. And, and the age of the public was really, really, really long. Yeah. So, um, so it, it seems that one of the upcoming shows could be dipping back to one of the more controversial aspects of the prequel trilogy. <laughs> and it's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. And the new rumor is that Jar Jar Binks will return in Obi Wan in the Obi Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Not only that, Jar Jar will supposedly return with a very different look. Hmm. Now, this is supposed to take place, what, five years after Clone Wars? Or after um, Revenge of the Sith? Uh, they've not put an actual number on it, but I know it's uh, closer to Revenge of the Sith than it is to A New Hope. I thought they did put a number on it. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I can not check the timeline. Or no, that's not in this one. It was in the timelines we looked at last week on here, I think. Um, they might uh, have. It, if they did, I missed it. Now, Ewan McGregor has supposedly said, has supposedly let it leak that it's going to be a six episode series with each episode being an hour long. So, um, so yeah. So if they, if, if they were to bring Jar Jar back, would, 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 uh, would you think it would still be Ahmed Best playing him? It should be. Or, would he want to? Oh, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Well, there, as much as a lot of people are not fans of Jar Jar, there is a lot of people that really love Jar Jar. Mm. But also, you got to think Ahmed Best has already signed on to do, to host that um, game show on Disney Plus, the Star Wars game show. True, but, but he's uh, playing with Jar Jar, right? But and, yeah, but he's happy to still do Star Wars. So, but he went through a lot of stuff with the whole Jar Jar thing. So he might, I don't know, he might be okay with it by now, but. I mean, Ty, Ty I, I think has I, been a good Jar Jar. Mm. I, I enjoyed Jar Jar Binks. I mean, I I found him comical, which was the point, even though he did kind of bug me at times as well. He bugged me more in the cartoon than he did in the movies. Mm, see, I'm, I'm the opposite way. He bugged me less in the cartoon, more in the movies. Yeah, I thought I thought he was much better after you've seen the um, Clone Wars episodes, because then you look back and say, oh, this is where he's going to end up at. <laughs> mm. But knowing what he went through and the fan hate that he was getting, yeah, to come back as Jar Jar Binks, 
Tell me that wouldn't be a big uh, hand flick off the chin to go, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if the fan base hadn't um, hadn't changed on him a little bit, he would not be going to as many conventions and stuff as he does now. He right. gets a lot of love at these conventions now. Oh, yeah. And a so. lot of it is there's a whole generation of people that grew up with the Phantom Menace being their favorite um, movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Darger mm-hmm. being one of the characters and the reasons that it's their favorite. Mm-hmm. And, and figure... Yeah, I describe it best. For us, the stormtroopers are our troopers. For Zoe, it's the first order troopers are her troopers. For like my niece and my nephew, the first troopers they're exposed to are the clone troopers. Right. I mean, you can almost separate people by the troopers they were exposed to. Yeah. You know, thankfully for me, with Rogue One and also with Solo, Zoe got to see my stormtroopers, our stormtroopers, on the big screen. But they're still not her troopers. Her troopers are the First Order troopers in that whole lineage, in that whole grouping. But it is it is great to say, with the Obi-Wan series... Misha back! <laughs> and, and Misha Boston was happy to see you again. So I... I <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> you forgot I had these drops. So over, so over on Derek's side, we're getting... He's embarrassing. <laughs> and Ken's just thinking... How rude. Oops. I like Jar Jar Binks. Gee, God, what the Lisa saying? Ah, <laughs> oh, Mori Mori. I did like the book. I, I did like he, how the Gungans had a uh, Jamaican vibe with it. Yeah. <laughs> with the character, so. I didn't oh, character, but he's not one of my favorites. Him himself, I had no issues with. Like I said, I, I think the issue I had was the situations he put people in. Mm. You, you, you know? Yeah. Really, he was actually, um, his his character kind of sort of um, took the place of the droids in that first episode. The first, yeah. First yeah, but I feel like, I think the pro- the thing I have with Jar Jar is he feels like he's just there just for comic relief. Yeah. And to put the Emperor in power. <laughs> yeah, that too. But, like, if they used him for more than just comic relief, I might like him more. But Yeah, it, it, it got interesting. But, I mean, I have no problems with him coming back if that's what, if that's what they're going to do. It'll be interesting. So uh, we'll we'll see more hopefully um, when we get set shots from when they start filming uh, this summer. Yeah. Well, we'll find out beforehand if um, Ahmed Best is even cast. You know. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, so going into some gaming news. Um, Speaking of which, a, have you finished Fallen Order yet? No, not yet. No. I'm still trying to get off Zepho for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Com- Did you? I finally have Force Push. <laughs> You're way. Then you need to. You might as well leave now because you're way ahead of where you need to be. The first time you leave there, I'm trying. You to. don't need force push before you can move on. You can't finish Zepho till you get to the end of the game. This game is designed. You go to all the worlds multiple times. Right. Yeah, but he still had to get the force push. Not before he leaves Zepho. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You get that. On, you get that yeah, on Zepho your first time because you go down to the tombs. Yep. And yeah. You have to deal with all the orbs, which was a. Yep. <laughs> yeah. After that, then you move on to the. Um. Then you move to the. As soon as you get out of the tombs, just go to the next world. Yeah, but he has to get back to the ship. I have to, to get do back that. to the ship. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get back to the ship. Ah. 
So I just went through the the one base. I'm I'm on my way back through. Well, I went through the one base, and now I'm going back through the second outpost thing, um, where you take the, the zip line down to it. Because mm-hmm. you because I just got done doing the uh, splicing upgrade to to BD one. Okay, I say so, don't try to complete Zep because you can't right now. No, I'm just I'm trying to follow what it's doing, but I gotta get back to the yeah. ship. And problem with all of this is it's a very slow process. <laughs> so, but there's a Star Wars game that could reportedly launch uh, the new saga in 2021. Okay. Um, so according to a variety of new reports, the next saga of Star Wars is set to begin in 2021 and will be kicked off by a video game, which sounds odd. Uh, the reports mm. come way of a few different sources and note that Lucasfilm is currently preparing the next big chapter in the iconic sci-fi franchise. And while you think this new era would be starting with a new movie, it sounds like it's going to be a video game. Uh perhaps signaling the commitment to making Star Wars games going, um, does making it, you know, show a commitment that Lucasfilm and Disney is committed to making Star Wars games going forward, which why hmm. wouldn't they? Right. Um, especially after, after Jedi fallen order. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, um, multiple reco- reports coming from multiple places, more specifically making Star Wars in zero dot uh, which is a Hungarian site. Um, Two sites dedicated to the franchise. More or less, the pair allege the next chapter under the codename Project Luminous will take place about 400 years before any events in the Star in the Skywalker saga during the High Republic era, which means Yoda could be featured predominantly in this because hmm. he would be in the middle of his nine year 900 year run. Yeah. Uh, further, it's alleged that it will be a narrow narrow the focus down to a group of Jedi exploring mysterious outer regions of the galaxy, which I do believe Yoda was involved in all of that. Mm, uh, more intricate details aren't really divulged. Uh, at least the details of the salient variety. However, it is mentioned that a young Yoda may play a major character, which makes sense. I don't know if you can call 500 years old young. Well, you know, it's all relative. <laughs> middle-aged well if that's the case at this point in time they could allow frank oz to retire and let tom kane do it yeah bring him back for i would assume it would be a video game it'd be tom kane yeah well, even, yeah. For, even if he's in the movie i would still say have him do the movie as well at this point depends on if frank wants to do it um i think he only i think last jedi was his last hurrah doing it and then what they what he might have recorded for rise of skywalker if those are new lines not pulled from something else that way, he has his his goodbye as well as an original cast. Despite yeah. that, despite the fact they said he couldn't do the voice anymore because of his throat and everything else, but somehow was able to get it for one last run. Yeah, but he might have risked injury to do it. Yeah. So um, now, of course, all this information should be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, of course, like we always do. However, we know EA, who has been granted the gaming rights. Or the franchise by Disney is making at least one, possibly two Star Wars games right now. Um, 
Now, the confirmed one, which we know nothing about, isn't expected release until 2022. Um, this is very likely the game Motive is working on. However, there's speculation that Dice LA is working on a Star Wars game of its own. Uh, in other words, it could be this 2021 project. Hmm. Here's what I... Someone's working on content for Battlefront. Well, here here's my curiosity. Will we get an announcement about it at uh, at E3 this year? Or Celebration. Don't we have another one coming up this summer? Yeah. Celebration's in August. E3's in yeah. June. Yeah. It's close enough. We may not hear anything until Celebration. Or actually, they may mention no, that at E3, but... It'll um, be mentioned at E3, but we'll get more information out of Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what they would do. But they'll break the new... How do you not break the story completely? Even if even if it's keeping the project luminous name at E three, how do you not officially announce it at not announce it at E three and and come out looking good if you're the company doing it, knowing it's coming out the following year? Right. You announce other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but you're talking the biggest gaming convention in the world. Mm. Yeah. Basically the San Diego Comic Con for gaming. You got to break it there and then go stand by for more details in the future. And all that, and all those details are starting to come out at celebration in August, two months later. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. If you're going to build, if you're going to build hype, that's the way you build hype. So, um, but continuing with game, the fallen order team had to convince Lucasfilm to use Jedi and lightsabers. Um, it has uh, the game has been a very pleasant surprise for EA, but the developers <laughs> at Respawn revealed that the story could have taken a very different turn this week. Uh, game director Stig Asmussen told the host of the AIAD Game Makers podcast that he had to argue their case to include the Jedi and Force powers in their game. As many creative teams have learned in the past, Lucasfilm doesn't play around when it comes to their properties. Things that have to be a certain level for them to okay a project uh, at this point, in parentheses, is we'll just ignore Star Wars Battlefront 2 in this instance. (laughs) It it took them a minute, but it's turned into a really good game now. I I enjoyed the campaign part of it, the story yeah, part of it. Fun. I mean, that, that was that was fine. I'm hoping we get more of that. I, I would love to get more, especially since I, think we are. I don't think we will because Eden's dead, and unless you it picks up with Siv Siv and the daughter, the only thing you got left is how do you tie it into Rise of Skywalker story wise? Don't worry about it. Just put it started up behind after Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, see, I I don't think that was the direction Battlefront is supposed to go. Tie it in because we know the daughter tied in. And um, tied into the events of Rise of Skywalker. Well, and then in the, um, story story wise, yeah, her daughter and um, what was the name of the co-pilot, the Dur- the Duras co-pilot, Siv. Do you know who I'm talking about? Siv. Siv. They're both in the Rise of the Resistance book. Are Still they? work together with the Resistance. Yeah, huh. yeah. and that, I love how too with Mandalorian. There's been a uh, no one knows if it's official casting or not, but supposedly. Someone put uh, the actors who do Siv and Eden or Aiden in the uh, they have them on the list with their pictures playing their roles <laughs> in the Mandalorian season two. Nice. 
That would be interesting, but I don't see it happening. Mm. But um, so pushing for the different approach clearly paid dividends for the team as reviews for Fallen Order have been have been good. Sales of the game have also kept up over time with units moving swiftly and bundles available for the holidays. Hearing the story in its entirety is wild, to say the least. So as Musim began, because I pitched, hey, what if we could do a game about Jedi and Force powers? They were not super comfortable with that. They threw it back. What about blasters or bounty hunters? My thought, if you're going to do that, finish up 1313 and put it out. Yeah, really. Yeah. Point blank. And I will just say, oh, my God. I have a review of Star Wars 1313 on the Weeby Geek site. I went to that panel, and I will just say, oh, my God. Yeah. Um. He goes, you know, the, the Jedi is the Holy Grail, he explained. There's a little bit, there was a little bit back and forth before they could see where I was coming from and said, all right, we can start having a conversation about making a game about Force users, but not Jedi. And then the game comes out and, it, and the name is Jedi. <laughs> uh, Asmussen was also said at one point, he told the brass that if he and the team couldn't make the game they wanted, they might as well start building a racing game at this point. This was a winning <laughs> formula. <laughs> Uh, he goes, first door, Fallen Order does find itself constrained at times by its placement in the Star Wars timeline. Since it's nestled between established and integral moments, um, though uh, through encounters trivial and significant like a shuttle filled with scrappers of various species to the Wookiees at war and Kashyyyk, the Fallen Order um, does an excellent job of showing how small someone in their story can be in the balanced expanse of the Star Wars universe. Uh, it's a contained adventure that does not have a tremendous impact on the events around it. But it doesn't have to either. The Star Wars story through yeah. and through and it's raised the bar on wherever the Star Wars games go next. See, this is almost what I, I want to see with any movies that we get that take place. Like any of the standalone films. Like Solo, that was great. It didn't have any impact on on the main story. Right, yeah. I mean, Rogue One did, but you knew that from the get-go. Yeah. Um, but with these new films coming out, I don't want to see... Uh, I, I kind of want a Fallen Order type aspect. Let's tell a story of a new group or, or groups that... May ha their story is important to be told, but is not a major factor to the overall story if it's taking place in the same time period. Yeah, but right. if it's well, taking place during this High Republic period, well, that doesn't have any effect of what's happening with stuff we've already known. Yeah. Well, this brings up an interesting question. We talked to Geekwatch One a little bit um, last week that. Um, if you go 400 years in the past, obviously none of the characters we know except maybe Yoda can be there. What Yoda. has to be there for it still to be Star Wars and not just science fiction fantasy? Well, if it's 400 years in the past, you still got the Jedi. What, what elements do you have to have so that you know it's Star Wars? Because right now, in the current era of Empire, Rebellion, Resistance, First Order... The touchstones that tell you it's Star Wars, you could um, you could put actual characters you know and say, okay, this is the world we're in. I think you still. But what have. do you do if you have, there's no Empire, no um, tech that we actually recognize? Does it have to have Jedi? Does it have because if you just do a bounty hunter show, you're not going to have empires, you're not going to have stormtroopers right. or anything like that. What do you need to actually say this is Star Wars? Well, who, who, who's well, the, I mean, who's who's to say you couldn't do again with Yoda? 
if they're exploring the outer rim or other things, who's to say we don't get that? Uh, the Jedi going to Mandalore and yeah. the Mandalorians creating the dark saber. Yeah, and then or the you know first- you can have familiar familiar alien races and things like that. And well, we weren't allowed to have those in the sequel trilogy. There's very few recognizable aliens in any of those movies. True. But they should have been. It's an interesting question. It's like, what exactly is it that makes it Star Wars in an era that we don't that we've never touched? Well, look at the old Knights of the Old Republic games. Yeah, yeah. those are still but very. Use Star Jedi is your touchstone, or Jedi and Sith. True. You know, right? And some yeah. of the droids. So it's still it's a, nice because they're using the visual language. It's like what visual language you have to have no matter what. I think you're gonna have the Jedi no matter what. The Jedi and the Sith. Yeah. There, there's gonna be a Sith out there, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if there was a member of the Sith that was involved with the original Mandalorian Jedi conflict that's yeah. creating the dark saber. Well, the dark saber was created by a Jedi. Yeah. It was the first Mandal. Mandalorian to become a Jedi created the Darksaber. So why couldn't we get that story? Oh, I would love to see that story. Especially. Yeah, that would be cool. So, I mean, who knows? Um, but all, the other, can you make a Star Wars movie set that far in the past and not have Jedi or Sith? Like Solo, we think, were able to do it without any sport, without the Force at all. But I, we had the touchstones of the other characters. I don't right. think we can. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a can. pretty cool challenge for people to try to figure out, you know? Now, whether they're a major factor in the movie or not is one thing. Yeah. But I think they do have to have a presence, no matter how big or how small. They need to have a presence. Still. Well, then the question is also, what is the what what is the story that you want to tell with these? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that's the bonus of working in the era that we know, because you can. Add, there's so much other things you can do that put it in that era without having to have the Jedi and the Sith. Because a lot of people are trying to tell stories that don't revolve around the Force. Right, right. And if you're in the Empire era, or you're in the the Old Republic era, pre right during the prequel time, or even in the Resistance era, you actually there's enough around there that you can actually still have it in the universe without having to touch the rest of that. Right. When they're going this far in the past, are they locked into it? It has to be a Jedi story. Right. Mm. right. Well, I think no matter what, even if you don't have Sith, you're going to have Jedi. Yeah. So, because how many times with the early book, with the early stories, like with, with Dooku, do we get um, tales of, uh, of the Jedi being peacekeepers and the Jedi exploring the hyperspace trails and expanding the universe? Yeah. Well, also, if I remember right in the timeline area, this 400 year in the past is right somewhere around where Darth Bane was around and the rule of two came into effect. Yeah. It's about this time frame, I believe. Yeah, it would be after the Great Sith War. Right. Well, that was thousands of years in the past, if I remember right. Uh, which is what we got in the, um, in the Knights of the Real Old Republic games. Yeah. I'm not talking about the online MMO. I'm talking the, the older games. No, no, no. The original two games. Yeah. So uh, next story we had that, that's up. We kind of touched on it quite a bit last week. Um, and and it's but this is more Mike Quinn has come out and said there's not a single piece of evidence saying Neem Num's dead. <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap that up just like that. <laughs> um, let went kind of want to uh some other stories we could have talked about uh rosario dawson still wants to join star wars as a sokatano i like that idea myself i want ashley to do it because that's it that's who the Soka is. It yeah um like, they don't need to go for star power for that one no 
Uh, I guess we'll touch. Uh, who? who ha- oh, Redbubble has these. Uh, Mandalorian Besker steel phone cases are available. Now. Yeah, those are cool. Well, yeah, only if you have iPhone or Samsung. Uh, Which I do. But go over to Skin It, and you can make your own case that looks like this. Be easy to do. So, um, what's next? Uh, there's in um the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. This is what you have, right, Ken? Yes. So they, according to the story, um, it goes into detail on how uh, Palpatine was able to survive. I was looking for that. I'm trying to find it. So I'm not sure where that's at in here. I would like to read that. So, but again, just looking at time, we're going to skip that one. Uh, Yeah. um, I have to, I'm still reading. I'm only th- about halfway through the first chapter of this because there's so much stuff in this. There- there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that are not that they didn't get a chance to put in the movie. Mm-hmm. So. Now, um, hitting the smuggler's data pad, Marvel Comics gives us five must-read Lando Calrissian Star Wars comics. Ooh. Uh, with the launch of Star Wars number one, um, or the post, which is now taking place post Empire Strikes Back. Um, for the first time, we get a glimpse of the aftermath of Empire Strikes Back um, with Luke Skywalker reeling from his ground-shaking encounter with Darth Vader. And we get Lando teaming up with the crew. And, of course, we know this time period is going to cover... Um, I thought it was impressive how they covered a three-year time period uh, brilliantly with the books. Now, yeah, and now we're going to cover a one-year time period. So I'm predicting this is going to be a shorter series. Mm, quite possibly, yes. Um, so we are looking back at the greatest Lando comics ever. Star Wars Lando, Double or Nothing. Uh, this takes place before the events of Solo. Uh, and it starred... Uh, Lando, along with his droid slash lover, L337. So we're looking at, I guess, um, in in the series, uh, a character named Christus hired Lando to help her arm her captive people on Kolgrun, an Imperial droid repair outpost. While on the job, Calrissian ran into an old foe. And it turned out to just be the beginning of his problems, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, number two is Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation. Basically, it's just recapturing uh, his stuff from, or the adaptation of Sol- of the movie Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, number three is the miniseries Lando, which was actually a great miniseries. Yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, I actually liked it better than Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, which I haven't read yet, is Age of Rebellion, Lando Calrissian. And I think this is I, think he, that one yet I think this is the one that talks about how he actually gets to be head of uh, the Baron administrator of uh, Cloud City. And then number number five, we're going way back. This is Star Wars number thirty nine through forty four from nineteen. Well, it would have been nineteen eighty. The <laughs> Empire Strikes Back adaptation from the original nineteen seventy seven. 
run. Run. Wow. Yeah. And those were amazing as well. You can't beat the classics. Nope. Um, and then on top of that, Star Wars comic writer confirms he knew about the Snoke twist in advance. Well, duh. Oh. <laughs> and that person would be Charles Soule. Ah, uh, yes. Because um, someone on Twitter has said, uh, why do people think that Snoke gaslighting Ben Solo is a retcon? Can you either confirm that Rise of Kylo Ren was written with the revelations about Snoke and Rise of Skywalker taken into account? And someone replies back, Star Wars is becoming just one big circle jerk of retcons and it's hilarious to watch the end to watch uh charles soul replies back to this one saying um yes i knew it when i wrote it so but again for them to write it they have to be privy to some of this information and they do sign non-disclose until the books come out or until the movies come out that they can't drink the laws all right so um speaking of books here are books that are coming out uh it's january where are we at oh 15 we're recording uh to wrap up the month we have star wars forever crimson it's a star wars legends line it's a graphic novel uh it collects from the 77 series volume one or or, the, or volume one uh, it collects Star Wars number 16, 27, 29, 50, and Star Wars number 108, which came out this year, which was hmm. a that completion book to go with, uh, to tie, to kind of wrap up the original <clears> series. <throat> um, and then on the 29th, so that comes out on the 22nd. On the 29th, you have Star Wars Adventures number 30, and Star Wars number 2 by Charles Soule, so... Uh, and then what we have to look forward to in February, Darth Vader number one with Greg Pak. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Can't either. So, um, I guess let's take a look at time. We got some time. Starwars.com gives us the best of 2019. Of course, this comes out the day, uh, Rise of Skywalker opened. But I don't remember seeing it or us touching on it. Uh, definitely not. So um, here's our, according to StarWars.com, here's our favorite Star Wars everything from 2019. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker brings the Skywalker saga to an end. Uh, number two, The Mandalorian ushers in a new era of Star Wars storytelling. And then they go two words, The Child. Um, up next, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order gives us everything we hoped for in a single-player lightsaber slashing story. Yeah, that was an amazing game. Yes. Um, number four, Star Wars Celebration takes over the Windy City, and then a storm took over them. (laughs) Uh, number five, Star Wars Resistance launches its second and final season. Uh, number six, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens and we take our first steps into the larger world of Batu. And I think in general, take our first steps into the larger world of Star Wars, even. I mean, yeah. It's one, it's one thing doing Star Tours. There's a little immersion there, but man, you don't go, oh, I'm going to go back and just hang out at, at <laughs> Star Tours and, 
and get that, you know, and just feel relaxed because I'm sitting in Star Wars. No, Galaxy's Edge, you you are you feel you're off world. And See what would have been kind of cool is if they'd actually set up um, Galaxy's Edge in the right spot that you go into Star Tours, ride Star Tours. When you come out, you come out on the Batu side. That would have been great yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. The exit's actually on the back side of the wall, which actually gets, takes you into Batu. Yeah. See, and what, or they could, uh, yeah. Or, or I'm thinking, you, you do two options with the ride. You do the normal where you get your mix match of uh, different missions, or you go the the Batu route, which you do a mission where you're supposed to go somewhere else, or you're supposed to go to Batu, but you have all these mishaps that typically happen on a Star Tour on a Star Tours flight happen on your way to Batu. On your on your way to Batu. Yeah. You know, that could be a that could be the show title. A funny thing happened on the way to Batu. <laughs> so I'm writing it down. Um so uh what's next? Uh we add Star Wars Resistance Reborn, Myths and Fables and Queen Shadow to our bookshelves. Plus a quite a few more. Um you also had the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Resistance Reborn, and um Well no, the Rise of Skywalker book doesn't come out until Next month, I think, still. The novelization's a couple months after. Okay. No, no, no. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker Resistance Reborn uh, came out. Yeah, that's out. Yeah, I thought that's what I said. It was a good book. Um, a relaunch of Marvel Star Wars number na- number one is announced. And the comics giant gives us the Age of series and the rise of Kylo Ren. Uh, the Star Wars show wins an Emmy. Disney Plus launches and a new Kenobi series is announced. Uh, the debut of Vader Immortal, the new VR series from ILM X-Lab, uh, invites us all to meet the Dark Lord on Mustafar. <laughs> Uh, the Phantom Menace re- reaches a milestone anniversary. Uh, StarWars.com delivers an in-depth oral history on Star Wars The Phantom Menace and goes behind the scenes of Galaxy's Edge. And then Star Wars families and galactic builders celebrate what it means to love Star Wars uh, with the project Star Wars Families. And uh, the galactic builders over on StarWarsKit.com. Um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker comes to Battlefront 2. Uh, the Triple Force Friday ushers in a new generation of toys and collectibles. And Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge is announced for Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. So that's the best of 2019. So any final thoughts? Uh, well, 2019 was a big year for Star Wars. Let's uh, let's see how 2020 goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kim, what about you? That same thing. It's like 20 the 2020 or 2019 had a lot more than um, I expected to come out. I mean, we we knew there was a new movie, but it's like there was always something coming. The problem is now, hopefully, they can keep that momentum going. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, well, I've got nothing else as well. I guess that leaves us just one thing. Well, that smells stinker with. No. <laughs> no. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things.